Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Brother Randy, for the preaching tonight. I do appreciate the opportunity to be here, and I am humbled and honored to stand in this place tonight. And uh, I would appreciate your prayers, continued prayers. The Lord would help us and speak to us and through us, and we can glean and gather from His Word that that would bless and benefit our lives. Call your attentions to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. I want to read the first two verses. You probably can quote them. But I want to read those first two verses and then try to preach as the Lord would direct us tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's how the Bible reads. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, thank You for the prayers that's already been prayed and the message and the songs. I appreciate the Word of God. Would You help me now as only You can? May I be a voice and a vessel You can feel and cry through. And may hearts be touched by the Word of God tonight. May sinners be convicted, converted. May saints be revived, refreshed. Reproved, may we be drawn closer to you by the means of this service. Above everything, may your name be glorified and magnified among us. And what you do, we'll thank you and praise you. It is in the name of Jesus I humbly pray. Amen and amen. Three times in this chapter of the book of Hebrews, this chapter 12, the writer uses this word, wherefore. It's used here in this verse 1. It's used in verse 12. It's also used in verse number 28. And it simply means truly for then. In other words, based on what I have written or said or what has been shown, wherefore? Based on that, then we are to do this. That's what verse 1 tells us about. We do know that when the writer of the Hebrews wrote to this first century church, to these, uh, uh, to these early believers, uh, the first church as we might call them, this New Testament church, they had reached a place in their life that they were very discouraged, very despondent, very discontent. And, uh, and so he writes to them uh, and uh, encourages them uh, because of during the midst of that discouragement and despair and discontent, they had uh, uh, entertained the thought of going back to uh, the temple worship, going back to the things that they had come out of. And so he writes to them, uh, especially in those first 10 chapters, and I think lays out uh, before them uh, uh, the evidence of how that this new covenant, this new testament 
was far better than what they had come out of. It was uh, a testament that, and a covenant that was, uh, uh, my friend, uh, uh, ordained or set upon better hope. It was a covenant or a testament that was on better promises. It was a covenant and a testament that had a better priesthood. Amen. It was a covenant and a testament that was uh, built on a better person. And that person was and is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was better according to chapter 1 and chapter 2. He's better than the angels. And they thought that uh, first century believers, the Jewish believers, thought that the first covenant was handed down through the ministry of angels. The words of angels. But he said to them, Thank God, the angels, and you think the angels received uh, that first covenant and gave it uh, unto men. But he said, uh, what about the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, who is uh, the image of the invisible God? Who, uh, my friend, God spoke to, my friend, through his only begotten son. Oh, my. And he is better than the angels because he has... uh, Uh, obtained a more excellent name than they had to get that name by inheritance. Amen. To none of the angels did he say, this day have I begotten thee, sit thou at my right hand. But he said that to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have begotten thee, uh, my friend, and he exalted him. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. Moses was a servant in his house, but Jesus was a son over his house. He's better than Abraham. Abraham bowed and paid tithes out of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And Abraham was blessed. The less was blessed of the better or the greater. And Christ is that high priest made up to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Are you listening? And the Levitical priesthood that came out of the loins of Abraham, my friend, I paid tithes out of Melchizedek in Abraham. Are you listening to me? But Christ came, are made after the order of Melchizedek. So his priesthood is better, my friend, than the Levitical priesthood. And he's greater even than Abraham was. Amen. Better, better, greater, better, all the way through uh, the first 10 chapters. Uh, my friend, he draws the contrast. And when we get to the end of chapter 10, hey, God, can we not say, hey, he's exactly right. Uh, uh, this New Testament, uh, this new covenant is better and uh, it's greater uh, than what the old was. Amen. Had they all been perfect, uh, my friend, there wouldn't have been any place uh, I had to do away and put in a new. Uh, amen. Uh, oh, my. Uh, but it lacked perfection, uh, not because it was not holy or just or good, but it was weak through the flesh. So God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned it in the flesh. Hallelujah. And now the law. 
fulfilled in us. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. It's a better covenant. It's a better testament. Amen. Hallelujah. I bless the Lord for that, don't you? Amen. But this crowd, uh, this group of believers had lived long enough that uh, the enthusiasm and the excitement and the experiences that they had had when uh, this, uh, this new covenant was put in force and uh, the gospel was being preached and the Holy Ghost came down as the baptizer and the church began to take form. Uh, all of that had began to fade away. As a matter of fact, the manifestation of the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that they had witnessed in Jerusalem, thank God, where in just two different instances, 8,000 were born into the family of God, and then the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. But that great manifestation of the power of God, of the, of the Holy Ghost, I was not near as common or near as strong as it had been in those early days of the church. The miracles that they had witnessed, amen, performed by the apostles, uh, my friend, uh, uh, even Peter could walk by uh, people laying on the street uh, and his shadow would cause them uh, to be healed. But uh, those days had ebbed away. The message that uh, so resonated uh, in the city of Jerusalem, uh, my friend, to the point uh, uh, that uh, the religious leaders and the political leaders uh, felt like these men with this message had turned the world upside down. But uh, that message had quit resonating with so many of the people and God was slowly turning away from a nation and a people that had rejected the gospel and rejected Christ and turning to the Gentiles. And the headquarters are the, the, the very atom or the very center of the church was moving out of Jerusalem to Antioch under Gentile. Amen. More. Uh, uh, my friend, not that there was not still the believers and the elders there, but I'm telling you it seemed as the activity, it seemed to be as, uh, my friend, the atmosphere, it seemed to be as the attraction uh, uh, had left Jerusalem uh, and some of them had uh, dispersed uh, uh, because of the martyrdom of Stephen uh, uh, and it was a different day uh, than when they first believed uh, and they had expected some things uh, my friend and wanted some things uh, and believed some things uh, and now they began to wonder uh, would they come true or not uh, thank God or should they go back amen uh, out of where they come from I mean they were suffering uh, persecution uh, they were experiencing poverty uh, thank God they were dealing with everyday problems uh, if they went back to Judaism
Judaism would it relieve that in chapter 6 if they went back and tried to get saved all over again if they did what they first did would that renew it up amen he said we can't go back and ain't God lay the foundation that's already been laid we can't do that are y'all hearing me ain't God but they wanted to do something and so he writes this letter and says it's the course of the way it's not to look back or go back amen but it's go on to perfection hey God it's to press on and look ahead amen and some of us have been saved in, in the church long enough till we have seen a lot of things have changed and the things and the glory and I've been working of God is not as great as it was at one time or has been in the days gone by and these people felt like well are we of any importance now are we any value now are we any use now if he's moved to Antioch if the Gentiles are going to be saved and the Jews hey God are left looking on on the outside trying to look in hey but he writes to them wanting them to know that whatever program and plan and purpose that God had what they needed to do I was to keep running the race with patience that was set before them I finished their course hey are y'all hearing me Hallelujah. Oh my. Oh my. And I don't know if we can finish with a lot of fanfare. <laughs> Amen. Oh my. And a lot of results. <laughs> and a lot of folks to carry with us. Uh, but we can't finish. Amen. 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 Bless his name. So he says all of that, and uh, he gets to the end of chapter 10, and he says to them, now the just shall live by faith. (laughs) You've been so used to a ritualistic, ceremonial, amen, one, two, three, amen, thank God, system under that old covenant and he said you've come to something that's uh, altogether different than that amen you'll have to live by faith (laughs) amen oh my and uh, how to live by faith it's not by feelings it's not by sight hey God oh my and uh, and you'll have to live by faith hey God and trust God with what he said last to you hey God cling out of what you know that he spoke I give the morning seed to the things you've heard I said anytime you should let them slip I take heed what he said what the apostles confirmed and witnessed that he said amen hey God and live your life by faith amen amen and so the wherefore are the truly far then could have took in all the ten chapters, but I think 
he's taking in chapter 11. And he's saying, wherefore are truly far then because of what took place or what I have written or what I've shown you in chapter 11, we ought to lay aside every weight and sin. What did I show you in chapter 11? What is in chapter 11? And uh, that'd be the title, I guess, tonight. Amen. Seeing we're surrounded. Amen. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen. Hallelujah. The word compassed about simply means we're enclosed or they lie all around us or we're encircled. I just put it for alliteration's sake, we're surrounded. Hallelujah. And they probably could and we could tonight talk about what all we're surrounded by. Amen. And they were looking at what all they were surrounded by. But he said, quit looking at what you're surrounded by and look to that cloud of witnesses that you're surrounded by. Oh, my. Oh, bless his name tonight. Amen. Now, to me, he could have said, wherefore, seeing we're compassed with a great number of witnesses are a number of witnesses and then he went and the father said it's not just a number it's a great number but he didn't say great number or number he said you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses and uh some would say or some of the commentators would say to us that that uh, cloud means the vastness of it are because there's such a great number, it's like a cloud. Amen. M- may I interject this tonight? Amen. And let you think on this tonight. Uh, I-, I-, I would think that he's writing to uh, these people that was brought up with the scriptures, uh, that was brought up with a heritage uh, about knowing God. Uh, and when he wanted to them to look at the cloud, of witnesses. He wanted them to remember how the cloud witnessed unto them down through the ages. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he probably could take them all the way back to Genesis 9 and say when Noah got off of that ark and God talked to him, he said, I'm going to set my bow in the cloud. In the cloud, there'll be a witness. Hey, are you hearing me? Hey, God, and that witness is I'll never destroy the earth with a flood or with water again. Amen. And I like these words when you see the bow or when the bow is seen, I'll remember my covenant. Hey, God, are you listening? And then he went on and said, Hey, God, and when I see the bow, Hey, God, oh, not just us see the bow. Hey, God, he's going to see the bow. Next time you're looking at the bow in the cloud, while you're watching the bow in the cloud, and remembering what he said, remember he's looking as well. He's looking the same time you're looking. And he remembers his covenant. There's a witness in the cloud. 
Amen. There's a witness uh, in the cloud for in Exodus chapter 13. Uh, when the children of Israel have finally come out of Egypt after 430 years in Egypt after 10 judgments upon the land of Egypt finally they're out of Egypt amen and the Bible said and they took their journey amen and encamped in the edge of the wilderness and verse 21 said and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way Hallelujah. He said, you're discouraged, you're despondent, but he said, he's always been a witness in the cloud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He was in the cloud, a pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Amen. Bless his name. As a matter of fact, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, hey God, when they got to the Red Sea, hey God, this baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Hallelujah. Baptized and yet there wasn't no water there. Amen. Hallelujah. Identified with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Bless his name tonight. Hallelujah. They had identified with the blood of the Lamb, but now they're identifying with their deliverer Moses. And the man that God sat down with the rod, anybody hearing me tonight? I'm telling you, we are identified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, God, we're passed over. A judgment is passed over. Wrath is passed over because of the blood of the Lamb. And I'm telling you, we didn't just escape that. If we're saved tonight, we're identified with our deliverer. Hallelujah with our Savior tonight. We're one with Him. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. There's a witness in the cloud. So why wouldn't He say there's a cloud of witnesses? Because He's always been a witness in the cloud. Amen. What about Elijah's servant? On Mount Carmel, looking six times to see if there's a sign or an evidence that Elijah's prayer has been heard and God will send the rain that he promised. But six times there's nothing. And the seventh time after Elijah prayed again, I like that, don't you? The Bible said that, uh, oh my, the servant come back and said, there's a little cloud arising out of the sea like a man's hand. Elijah said, you better tell Ahab if he wants to get to the house before it rains, he better do it now. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I recognize that hand. That is a hand. How that led me to Ahab to start with. That is a hand. How that fed me by the brook. That is a hand. How that led me to the water's house. That is a hand. How that put meal in the barrel. That is a hand. How that put all in the cruise. That is a hand. How that raised that dead boy. That's a hand. Oh, Jehovah, that's a hand of God. 
Aren't y'all glad? When you look out over the sea of humanity from Adam till now, oh my, there was nothing or no one, oh my, that could, oh my, drench the parched earth that sin had caused, but out of the midst of the sea, hallelujah, in a little town called Bethlehem, arose a man, hallelujah, thank God the Lord Jesus Christ, oh bless his name, and he brought salvation, and he brought righteousness, hallelujah, and he brought help, and he brought hope for a sin cursed. sin drought world there was a witness in the cloud oh my I bless his name don't you amen Peter James and John have went up in the mountain with Jesus and while they're there Moses and Elijah also appear and Jesus is transfigured and they must have told this story to these early believers. And Moses and Elijah talked to Jesus about the death that he's to accomplish at Jerusalem. And Peter speaks up and says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Why don't we just stay up here and build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Christ. Moses and Elijah was gone only Christ was there, and the Bible said a cloud overshadowed them. And the Lord said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. Amen. Can I talk about one more and I'll get back to my text? I think I'm in my text. I don't know. Somewhere along here. Hallelujah. Surely them disciples said we know that he rose again. He he appeared and left infallible proofs for 40 days and 40 nights. And when we were out at Bethany talking to him and asking him would he at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. He said it's not for you to know the time or the seasons that God has put this in his hand. But tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and said after he said that he, they said he was received out of our sight in a cloud. <laughs> so the witness is in the cloud. So no wonder he said wherefore see we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen. Oh my. Truly for then Oh my. And he explains to them the just shall live by faith. And in chapter 11 he tells them what faith is. Thank God he tells them that the elders obtained a good report by faith. We understand the world is framed by the word of God by faith. And then he sets in how to give a list of those that by faith. By faith, what they do, please God. By faith, thank God, oh my, thank God, they, uh, my 
finished their race. They completed the course that was set before them. Amen. And he never, and faith is never meant to say to us that it's easy. Faith doesn't make it easy. Faith just makes it possible. Amen. And by faith, Abel, and by faith, Enoch, and by faith, uh, God, Noah, and by faith, Abraham, and by faith, Isaac, and Jacob, and by faith, Joseph, and by faith, Moses, amen. And over and over and over again, by faith, hallelujah, a cloud of witnesses. And I'm about done, I'm here to this chapter, but what did they witness? What did they witness to these early believers? The same thing they witnessed to us. Amen. Amen. Can I say, first of all, they witnessed that uh, you don't have to cast away your confidence. That's what he told them in verse 35 of chapter 10. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. And he said, if you don't believe it, look at this cloud of witnesses. And they had confidence in God and they didn't cast it away. Amen. Oh my. And there's a recompense of the reward. Amen. How God does it, when he does it, that's up to him. Some things we'll never have in this life. We'll never see. Amen. We'll never say that he rewarded us, but there will be. Hey, thank God. He's not unfaithful, my friend. He never, my friend, does not reward us. He will reward. So cast not thy confidence away these folk had confidence in God in their dark times in their dark hour and they did not have to cast it away and now those things are not like you would like for them to be or like they have been oh my don't cast away your confidence it has a great recompense of reward not only witness to that but witness that the Lord will perform what He promises. Amen. 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 And He kept telling Abraham, you know, you're a high father. And he wasn't no father. And then He came to him one day and said, you're going to be not only a high father, you're going to be the father of many nations. And He hadn't given him nothing. Amen. But the promise was there. And 25 years later, God performed his promise. Do you do understand that time and circumstance doesn't affect God or have any effect with God keeping his promise or doing what he said? Amen. It affects us. Yeah. Talking to a pa- pastor, a preacher, not a pastor, he's not pastoring. Anymore, I was coming up the road today talking about it. He said, I'll tell you. He said, the, the, the desire is still in there to do as I've always done. But he said, I don't have the body. I don't have the breath. Amen. I can't do it. Amen. Physically anymore. And it affects us, but it doesn't affect him. Amen. 
No time constraint, amen. No power, amen. Oh my, he can do what he wants to do. He performed what he promised to Abraham and to Sarah and all the others down through this chapter 11. And they are witnesses to these that are now looking at that cloud of witnesses and saying he'll perform what he promised. Amen. Amen. And then may I say, they witness that though there's failure of men, God is faithful. Now in this chapter, God does not say anything to us about any of these individuals' failures. This is not the chapter of failures. This is the chapter of faith. But there are some other chapters in the Bible. <laughs> oh my. And God always mentions our failures. He don't turn a blind eye to them. He don't say we don't have them. Of course, most of us independent Baptists, you know, we don't have any. We have arrived. I better go back to preaching. <laughs> Amen. And he may mention those failures to be truthful and honest and to lay things out like they are. But though he mentioned their failures in other chapters in this Bible, when he got to chapter 11, he magnified their faith. And he'll mention your failures, but he'll always magnify your faith. And if that spirit or that voice that you're dealing with is magnifying your failures and mentioning your faith, it's not the Lord. <laughs> For he will mention your failures. He'll bring them to your remembrance. He'll uh, bring them before where you can confess and repent. He'll bring them to the light. But he just mentions them. Oh my. The sorrow of the world worketh death. I thank God. But God the sorrow worketh repentance. Son. I'm telling you. Hey God he'll mention your failure. But he'll magnify your faith. Somebody said, I got failures. That must mean I don't have any faith. Not necessarily. Somebody said, I've had a failure. So that means I never can have faith. Not necessarily. Amen. Amen. If that is the case there, we might as well all go to the house tonight and close this meeting down and never come back because the person that's never failed is a person that's never tried. You will try. You will fail. But oh, thank God for those a confession and forgiveness and the faithfulness of God when we confess our sin, our failure. Hey, God, and then he magnifies our faith. Can I say it this way? I hope you'll take this. The preacher that performed the wedding ceremony for my wife and I 
He lived to be 94. The last church he pastored, he pastored it 52 years. And he would say to his congregation, as you're running this race, as you're living this life for Christ, there'll be times you'll stumble. But he said, if you do, get up and go again. And he said, you may stumble again. And he says, if you do, get up and go again. And he said, one day you'll stumble across the finish line and the stumbling will be over with. (laughs) Are y'all hearing this preacher? Hallelujah. Amen. So based on what these witnesses witnessed to this crowd, he says to them, let us lay aside every weight. The discouragement, the despondency, the discontentment with God not doing what they thought he would do. The discouragement that they found in their daily life. He said, it's weighted you down. You don't have any joy anymore. You know, hey God, you're not in love with Christ like you was when you were first illuminated. Amen. Why? He said you were made a gazing stock to the world, both by reproaches and affliction, and you just sung and shouted and went on because you had your eyes on him. But he said, now you will have this law, this weight, my friend, to slow you down, to stop you, and to hinder you from running the race with patience. He said, based on these witnesses, lay those weights aside. And the sin that does so easily beset us, a particular sin, one sin, unbelief. Amen. Doubting God. Can believers doubt Him? Can a believer have unbelief? Sure. Amen. But if we look at that cloud of witnesses that's surrounding us and see that they run their race. They finish their course. They got the victory in their life. They please God. They overcome. Then it ought to cause us to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And run with patience the race that is set before us. And if the cloud of witnesses is not enough, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is now set down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Joy does come in the morning. Thank you, Precious.